0: I was thinking of uh, posting on uh, on podcasts we listen to yeah. of, of the fort,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, just being like, you know, so my friend and I, who we run our podcast, you know, we audio quality is very important to us, but we also don't have the means to have a fancy pan studio. So these are our means. What are some of the weird means that you guys do for your?
2: podcast? I kind of did something. Like, uh, there was a post someone made about like what's the best fifty dollars you can spend to improve your podcast, and someone said like. Five moving blankets for the blanket fort I set up, and someone was like, "You're recording a blanket fort," and like they're like, "Yeah, I do." Like here's a picture of it, and then I responded with the picture of our blanket fort, and I said, "I just assumed everyone recorded in some form of blanket fort," (laughs) 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 and it actually got several likes. So.
0: Why Do I Talk To You podcast? I am Saul Starship
2: Ford. I'm Dave Gamer, Dave Naple.
0: So after the events of the uh, last podcast episode, Dave and I we had a great right big fist fight outside the door. Everybody watched. Yeah. Uh, then it turns out he was a figment of my imagination mm, and, then, yes. uh, mm. and other movie references as well.
2: I didn't die though. I managed to, I was okay. Mm-hmm. I got better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then we were like, so uh, next week? Yep, next week. All right. <laughs> so see you next week? <laughs> all right, all right.
2: We clocked out and it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh,
0: well. But uh, we did want to sort of uh, relax and focus on a, maybe a bit of a po- more positive episode. This episode has actually been in the works for quite some time. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we could actually like do an episode on this without it seeming so off the cuff and like maybe a little bit more preparation behind well, it. We had
2: to actually decide on what exactly we were going to talk about too.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> so, um so today, uh we would like to uh share with you guys what we consider to be uh, our favorites, not necessarily like, not you know. Not the best. Not This the is best. an important distinction because if it you're is.
2: making a list of your favorites, then it's like, okay, you can just say, I love this because this reason, it's okay. If you say best, if you say this is such a good song, then you have to give like actual objective reasons, which I think all of my songs at least are good songs, uh, Just speaking just for myself. Yeah. Uh, and so I will defend why I think they're good songs, but as far as... You might be surprised what songs are actually on my list. So I guess it's the only way to say it.
0: And, and maybe mine, too. I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure people will be surprised by at least one. <laughs> I, want, I wonder if I know the one you... When it comes up, you, you, you tell me which one that is.
2: It's the very first one you're going to talk about. Nobody knows that song. Good Off thing. to a slam bang start, oh, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, video game music. Video game music is, well, it's good. Sometimes it's not. It's I've never heard a I've never heard of a, a video game that had bad video game music.
2: I mean, I have. Have you? Maybe. Well, I mean, I have watched those videos of people playing the terrible Bubsy games. I mean, specifically like Bubsy 3D. Oh,
0: I mean. Uh, I mean, they're they're bad. I don't know if I call the music bad, forgettable. Yeah, and I guess you could say that's bad, but I don't know. Like, I I think in my at least in my library of games that I've played, yeah, it's either really good slash memorable or it's just not memorable. Yeah,
2: it's just there. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it serves a purpose. Um, Barely. uh, Yeah, I mean, like I've had bad, badly executed music. Okay. Legend of Dragoon is full of that. <laughs> uh, some of those tunes are really nice, but like they almost they almost always sound like you accidentally hit the demo button on a keyboard and yeah, just a shack, people who you know don't I mean?
2: use. I mean, like the Genesis sound chip, where it's oh. like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes you don't work very well in your limitations. I guess is the way to put it.
0: But a lot of times, there comes across a game. That just has like a highly, highly memorable soundtrack. Um, a lot of these games that we have, I think Dave's entire list is games of you know a little bit further back in the past. My list has
2: the oldest one is from the Wii,
0: yes. My list has as new as about two ish years ago Mm -hmm. and about as old as like a couple of decades ago, but um. You know, yeah. all that to say is that there are still some soundtracks that are coming out today that are still wowing Dave and I. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shovel Knight is one of them that doesn't appear actually on any of our lists, but like we were heavily into that soundtrack for quite some yeah, time. Yeah,
2: Jay Coffin did a good job. Mm-hmm. I was also going to, I was also considering mentioning Shantae and the Pirate's Curse is mm-hmm. an honorable mention. I think mm-hmm. he did a great job on that one too.
0: So the way that this episode is going to lay out, uh, we we each have uh, five of our favorite of uh, video game songs that we're going to discuss. Uh, we also have one honorable mention that we'll discuss before the number one spot. Uh, Dave is going to go first. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to play a little bit for you guys as well um, and then uh, just sort of fade it out and talk under it. Hopefully um we don't get in any trouble for it, but we'll be fine. Um that we're way not that, even monetized. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. And um, you know, that way you guys can understand where we're coming from too. And uh the one rule that we had um that we placed on this was that we can only have one composer throughout this. I, I specifically wanted that rule because if it wasn't my list would have been the Nobu Uematsu show all the way. Well, yeah. Mine would have been. You know, Dave probably not, but mine maybe not actually. Yeah. Um,
2: Man, I feel bad. I should know all of the names of the composers. Actually, I think I know most of them. It's actually the first one I don't know. It's a little sad.
0: Um, and I, I
2: should. It's not like he. It's just his name escapes me currently.
0: I know. I only know three of them. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of there with you. So Aww. apologies for.
2: Well, we'll give the shout outs when we can think of it. Sure.
0: So, um, so, Dave, why don't you go ahead and get started?
2: Sure. Well, my number five uh, is from the Super Nintendo classic Chrono Trigger. Uh, it's the ending theme, it plays over the credits, it's to far away times. <laughs>
0: that that right away is just so SNES-y to me yeah in the best way possible that
2: definitely used the SNES sound chip to like its fullest potential I feel like he really knew Yasunori Mitsuda was his name um and I mean he's big time so I'm ashamed that I didn't remember it right off the bat but uh yeah I'm fine I found spoiler alert uh and credits themes are kind of I'm kind of a sucker for those because I feel like they do such a good job or they did such a good job once upon a time of like bringing all of like the highlights of your soundtrack together. You know, it's like uh, when you go and see a musical and they open up with what's that called? It's like the, the overture. The, yeah, it's like the overture almost where it just it brings together all this stuff from all throughout the game and mm-hmm. just like calls you back to those things. Yeah. But I think it works so much better at the end because you're you just have this satisfaction of Oh, like I did it. Like I did all this. Like you went on this journey with these characters too. Like, and this game especially. Like the the journey that you get to go through with these characters, and there. I think there are. So I don't know. OC Remix. I'm a big fan of OC Remix, and so they did like a full remix of this album, uh, and they end with this song, of course. But it actually has lyrics, and it goes back and forth from English to Japanese. And I don't know if that was something that they invented. If they did, they actually did a pretty good job. I usually hate vocals in uh remixes Uh but this one actually did a pretty good job uh and i wonder if it's because the song actually was intended to have lyrics because it definitely fit with the theme of like what this song is it's i mean it's called the faraway times it's a goodbye to these characters who are splitting up they're breaking the band up because they're all from different time periods and all this different stuff and it's it really is like such a nice goodbye to one of the finest rpgs ever made
0: yeah, I think those and these ending themes work so well in RPGs, especially because yeah. like you've you know classically you've just finished fighting the end boss, mm-hmm. and I guess this is I'm more you know JRPG since there's no post game in JRPGs, but mm-hmm. like you finish the end boss, and you're treated with your cutscene. And like the final, the final moments and whatnot, and the music just has to be that much spectacular. It's always like... kind of
2: melancholy. Like, yeah, more like <clears throat> obviously different games are in that way in different ways. But like you as a player, you're just saying goodbye to this yeah. world that you spend so much time in. You're saying goodbye to these characters who you grew to really like and enjoy, and who were super awesome. And you remember smiting dudes with like Chrono's lightning and his crazy stuff, and Luca's fire gun, and just like all this they're awesome and you learn to love them and yeah it's just it's such a fitting way to say goodbye as you watch those end credits and you usually get some nice scenes from all the different like locales that you visited like playing with your characters maybe at home or settling back into everyday life it's just uh, it's not I don't know it's not original anymore but man it was exactly what those games needed Mm -hmm. so and that whole soundtrack is just Mitsuda like outdid himself by miles there. I don't know what I don't even know what he did before that, but he just came out of nowhere and just sort of dominated the soundtrack. Um he,
0: he did really get some oh, He really like worked with the SNES's capabilities. Yeah. And didn't try to like outdo it. You yeah? Know? Uh-huh. So like, you know, it still sounds electronic, but like he he works it so masterfully, uh-huh. you know, that it that it's just you're so you're, you're you're along for the ride, you know?
2: Yeah, it has this, like, hint of, like, a Celtic feel, too, mm-hmm. which I'm always sort of a sucker for. Like, he uses these sort of flute and, like, whistly sounds really well, especially in uh, the sort of Middle Ages time period and the present time yeah. period. Like, the songs in those all use those sounds really, really well. I mean, that
0: would make sense since he, like, really spreads his wings on Chrono Cross.
2: Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. Um, but, yeah, he, I mean... The legend of the soundtrack goes And it's true Is that Mitsuda was working so hard And so frantically on it That he like developed an ulcer And got huh. extremely sick So who else but Nobuo Uematsu Had to step in And compose a few of the songs for him And it's, it's in the uh, soundtrack credits This one was not one that Whenever someone like that Quote unquote steps in You wonder if they just did all the work But I'm pretty sure that was not the case here um, There are definitely some songs that are Specifically Uematsu That sort of fill out the soundtrack
1: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah it's great it was hard to pick just one I was I was between that one and the actually the Guardian millennial Fair of all songs mm-hmm. uh, for this spot just because I have very <clears throat> this is one of my brother's favorite games and I have very fond memories of just sort of sitting in the fair playing with my brother and we would just kind of goof around to that song there's a part where some guys in macroron just go oh. And yeah. we would just like there's like a pause, and then some guys would go, "Huh!" Like at a few spots in the song, so we would just like stop and look at each other, and just like lift our hands up right at that moment, yeah. and then just go back to it. It was fun times, yeah. good memories.
0: So that's the number five. righty. on to uh, my number five pick. Uh, mine is much more in the future. Uh, this is um, this was actually going to be. So our miscellaneous pick is. Um, Sort of more on, like, a, this is a soundtrack that's not really going to be remembered. This is also, that may not be, I think mine, maybe not so much Dave's, but may not be a game that's going to be remembered so much also. But uh, we still have a lot of strong feelings for the soundtrack, and so we wanted to just sort of, you know, give it its due here. This was going to be mine, um, but I like it too much. I, li- I like it way too much. It had to be on the proper. Um <clears throat> this is from the ps2 game that not many people have heard of of lagaya 2 not the first one but uh, which is called like legend of lagaya this is the uh, the the sequel lagaya 2 dual saga and this is uh, the home world of gnoll So, um, unfortunately, I can't really, I can't name the composer off the top of my head. I don't really think, um, because, I mean, I think I would remember if it was, like, somebody who had done a lot of high-profile games.
2: Yeah. Um, but might be one of those guys who just kind of does all the other RPGs. I feel like there's sort (laughs) of a world of these composers who just work on it. Because when I heard it, I was like, this sounds kind of a lot like something I would hear in Tales of Symphonia. Uh, for the GameCube, and I don't know who wrote that soundtrack, but I like it a lot. It's just one of those where it's like you like it, but it's not one of those RPG soundtracks that's like by the greats. But it's by this guy who's sort of just a professional. <laughs> this is just what he does a profession. He writes RPG video game music when it's not being done by Yoko or Uematsu.
0: <laughs> you know. The thing about this soundtrack, you know, it's like maybe we'll have a chance to talk about games that like we enjoyed, but like nobody else really heard of. But this game. This game is not underrated. This game is not like the greatest JRPG ever, um, but there are a lot of elements that I loved. But the soundtrack is like, virtually all of it is a winner. I was super surprised. I I got this game as a gift from one of my friends, and um, I had never heard of it. But you know, I, I read <laughs> of course the,
2: not. Of yeah. course not.
0: I read the box art, and it was like, oh, it's an RPG. Okay, sure. Why not? Um,
2: I'm sure you'd play a FFA by this point.
0: Oh yeah, this is well. This was after that. Oh, it's PS2, right? Yeah, this is after FFX. FFX2. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, and so I wasn't playing an RPG at the time, so I, 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 I ate it up in a way. But like the music, the the song that we're you know that we're listening to right now is the like main homeworld of your pro tag, and so it's like one of the first songs you hear. Um, and I was just like, even then, I I can't really tell. I can't really. I don't remember how old I was. I could have been like in you know, eleven or twelve or something, but it, it was like so much to me. Mm-hmm. It was so relaxing, so well done. Like if if you heard this now, you might even think it was like a Wii song, like from the from the Wii, you know, or like um any other advanced console. But the music is just so well done, so atmospheric and so just relaxing. Like it's yeah. super relaxing. And that that's what should define your first home world in an RPG, right? Mm. That's when everything is still okay, right? Mm. You haven't discovered that you're the one or that <laughs> you possess the internal weapon or whatever, you know, <laughs> like everything is, everything is just right. That's right. That's you know. Right. And, and I cannot escape the soundtrack. I just can't. Um, like I said, virtually every song on this soundtrack is a winner. Um, I really, really recommend you looking up any more uh, songs from this, uh, from this whole soundtrack. Um, but given that this one is like the first major one that you experience a lot, this one had to top it for me. And it is, I think it is in all honesty, my favorite out of the whole soundtrack as well. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so good. It's so well done. There's a lot of thought behind it. You hear like the fretless bass in the background too. I Mm -hmm, mean, like this guy is clearly a very talented musician, um, and like knows the right sounds that he wants to put in here, you know? And, uh, um... Yeah, that's all I can say about it. It's just it's so good. It's so relaxing. Perfect atmosphere for a JRPG. It's yeah. it's it's great, man.
2: Yeah, this is the one I was talking about that no one was going to know.
0: Oh, I, why didn't <laughs> I think about that? I, I was, wasn't sure why you didn't think of that. It was a <laughs> Everyone knows this song. <laughs> Jeez. Well, um I don't think anybody's going to know your next one. I, everybody's going to know that. <laughs> none of mine are like None
2: of mine are very I don't know, hipstery. I don't oh, think. Oh. You know? Oh. What? You're calling just me a hipster? I was just speaking like that generalization. You know, it's nothing like, this is the best song no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Top five. Like, we're not, that is not what's happening with mine. No. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe one of them. But uh, in any case, my number four is Super Mario Galaxy, the ending overture from Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> Man, the orchestration for this is so good. Yeah, it's so like, good. Like, it's so... The way he uses just, like, the thickness of the orchestra and how every instrument is used exactly the way it's supposed to be. And it it's primarily, like, sort of this march because it's got, like, the nice... The drums, like, jump, 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 jump. But it never feels harsh. You know, it feels very... I don't know. It feels very big. It feels like a galaxy. It feels like this massive thing that you're getting to be a part of. And it does such a good job of going from these, like really big full orchestrated moments these really nice little areas with like maybe some strings or some woodwinds just carrying the melody and again this is another end end credits theme and you don't quite have all the like imagery that you might in an rpg but man like the way he's specifically sort of the the main theme outside of who is
0: this dave you need to mention this
2: i mean it's koji kondo of course who is one of like the mount rushmore of game koji kondo
0: i think is like he's he's the grand master you know like yeah I I I I, put, I place him on that pedestal. You know what I mean? If there's a parade of like of like video game music composers, Koji Kondo has to be the grand marshal. You know what yeah. I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, at first like, well, like, you know, Nobuo Uematsu pretty good. And then you remember like, oh, Koji Kondo did all the Zelda stuff too. Like, the-
0: he did all the Zelda. <laughs> stuff? I mean, like, Koji Kondo is. Uh, that's all I can say. He's the Grand Master. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean?
2: Yeah. But this is like, he had help for this entire soundtrack, and... I think that's a little, I would imagine it was mostly for orchestration because in terms of like having a full orchestrated sort of sound, that's never really been Koji Kondo's style, you know, even mm-hmm. in a lot of the Legend of Zelda stuff. But whoever the uh, sort of secondary composer on the soundtrack is, I apologize for not knowing the name, but shout outs to them too, because I'm sure they had a big part in creating this big orchestrated feel, uh, which was really kind of a point of contention for this game. Like, they went back and forth on whether they wanted to do a fully orchestrated soundtrack. And by wanted, I mean the composers wanted to, but the people who had the money were like, that's a lot of money. (laughs) And, man, thank goodness that they won out because that makes this entire... Like, the way they use (coughs) it through the whole game is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it always has this sort of otherworldly feel while also just being cool. Um, I, I don't remember exactly... What it was, but I think it was Koji Kondo talking to, uh, like, a new composer who was sort of working on the Mario games. Maybe it was a Mario spinoff or something. And they had brought some stuff to him, and Koji Kondo's like, "No, no, no, no! Like, that's not what this is supposed to be." And eventually, he just like stopped and he pulled him aside. And was like, "Look, you think Mario is cute? Mario is not cute. Mario is cool." <laughs> and that was just sort of that was the aha moment where it's like, Mario, Mario's cool, <laughs> and that's how you compose that music. And this like entire theme, and all the, like, sub-themes that sort of make it up are so cool. I mean, the biggest one from this game is the Gusty Garden Galaxy, which is sort of... Like, everything's sort of built around that, and this one uses it... In the game, it's a very fun, very, like, yeah, we're, like, moving forward, because it's Gusty Garden Galaxy, it's wind, it's, like, pushing you forward, but in this, it's very... They take it into more of, like, a somber, like, place of, like, a melancholy, where, again, you're, like, saying goodbye to this... This galaxy that you got to explore and be part of and just have all this fun in and it's it's orchestrated so beautifully and it's just like a master class. How do you make like a big epic sounding song with like all these like really great chords in the brass section and using each one of the woodwinds, like the oboe, the clarinet the flute, like exactly how they're supposed to be used. Yeah. It's really,
0: really good. What I've come to find is that Japanese composers and orchestrators really are, like, masters at playing to the instrument's strengths. Uh And that's what a lot of, like, you know, the older uh, composers of Western art music were, like, you know, like, big proponents of. Like, they needed to know the best ways to get the sound out of the instrument that they wanted. Uh Um, And the Japanese composers are just really good at that. Like, I can almost tell when an orchestration or, like, an orchestra piece is like from a Japanese composer because like it has that same sort of style to it. And the orchestration is just it's masterful. I mean, that's all I can say about it. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah. This was I actually we used this as our uh, recessional
0: at my wedding. That's right. I liked you it did. Much, that's darn right. It. And it
2: worked. Probably nobody knew except for those people who already knew it.
0: And even so. if they didn't, they were just sort of like, Whoa. wow, <laughs> wow, wow. I used Phantasmic for my <laughs> recession. Ooh. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> uh, Ooh. Uh, all right. Moving on, uh, we have my fourth choice. Um, this is going to be, uh, I guess, the oldest one on the list here, huh? Oh, yeah, it is. This is from uh, the, the, the NES proper uh, from Kirby's Adventure. I believe, you know, when I was, I just thought of this as this was like one of the stage songs. Uh, But I think when I go deeper into it, this is actually called uh, Grape Gardens. disclosure ladies and gentlemen i've never owned an nes uh when i was growing up my first my only like console proper uh was an og game boy uh which i got in uh, when i was in kindergarten uh, from my my lovely aunt and uncle and um you know for that i had only two games for it until pokemon came out um but i had friends who had nes's they actually both had nes's not SNESs, not N64s, but NESs. Uh. And they had, like, a pretty sizable library as well with, like, many of, like, the grand standards that we know are, like, the NES classics.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: except for Contra. I never got to play Contra, like, uh. proper until an emulator. But anyways, Kirby's Adventure was one of those games uh, that they had. And Kirby's Adventure is my top NES game of all time. Um when I was actually able to play it. Um, I don't know what it is about it. I I remember, like, being so obsessed with that game. Anytime I went over to my friend's houses, and I I must have been that friend also that just, like, (laughs) mooched a lot, um, because I just, I loved that game so much. Um, uh, You know, it's Kirby. It's a Kirby game. Many of the Kirby tropes were established in that game, and a lot of Kirby songs that, like, still sort of exist in newer Kirby games come from this game as well. Um this is a bit later in the NES's timeline, so some of the chip tunes are like more quote unquote advanced, you know what I mean? Like yeah. none of the songs from like Mario Bros. ever sound like this, you know what I mean? Yeah, they
2: know how to use the technology better right right and that just happens with especially with these old systems like from nes up to like n64 and ps1 Mm -hmm. like you could really see from the beginning of a system's lifespan to the end how much better people use the graphics and sound and things like that
0: right and so this is a little bit later towards it and you can definitely tell from the sound design um there is a lot of songs on this one and i pretty much love every single one of them but there's something about this one that just seems so different in the best possible way from other chip tunes you know i i really really am into a lot of chip tunes uh from the nes era dave knows mm-hmm. um i just love chip tunes i love especially the way they were able to work around um you know like we talked about the way they were be able to work around their limitations and whatnot you know and and still the way they were able to develop these beautiful harmonies these beautiful just like Tambers and these like moods as well you know because a lot of times we think of like video game music from the nes era we you know uh legend of zelda's overworld theme mario's overworld theme um contra's overworld theme uh any of the overworld themes in DuckTales, for instance. I mean, I can go on and on. And they all have, like, a very, like, sort of exciting feel to it because, you know, you're starting your adventure, you're, you're fighting bad guys, you're blah, 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 you know what I mean? I always uh-huh. feel like they have a similar feel to them. And that's not bad. It, it suits the level, and it suits, like, the mood of where you're in at that moment. But this one is just chill Uh you know this one is just like and it has like a really interesting chord progression that's like super catchy because of it you know it just starts out nice and slow it's in that triplet feel or like in that that triple compound feel to it um yeah. And and you know what? I can't off the top of my head think of another song that does that. There is another one in that same game <laughs> as far
2: as chiptunes you mean? Yes. Okay. That's what
0: I mean, yeah. yeah. And and I can't think of other chiptunes that do that same feel with that compound meter that's a little bit on the slower side, It almost sounds like a 50s ballad, you know what I mean? Like it's I can't think of other chiptunes that do that. There is another one actually in Kirby's Adventure that does that does the same thing, but I like this one a lot better. Um it's super catchy. Like I said before, like the way the chord progression goes and it's a little bit unexpected. Um, just like the sort of slower nature of it. And in the end, all we are listening to are sine waves and like some, some drum samples that I believe they were able to like bit crush in there. Um, and, and that's what amazes me most of all is that like, I get this like wave of nostalgia and emotion from just like, you know, organized and sign waves, and you boops. know, and bips and boops and blips and blaps, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's super, it's great. It brings me back to mooching off of my friends NES's game. Uh, just like right. The good old days. <laughs> mooching <laughs> off of friends.
2: <laughs> Truly all of our high points. in life.
0: Oh, mercy. It's
2: interesting because it doesn't even sound that much like Kirby, you know, because Kirby is very like happy and very upbeat and bouncy. And this mm. one keeps the bounciness just sort of due to being in like 6-8 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, it yeah it's not what you would expect necessarily from a kirby game or a kirby soundtrack
0: yeah yeah because kirby games are really focused on being cute and bouncy and whatnot and fun. you know and not like yeah and not like this one is not fun or not like this one isn't but it is, like is makes dark. you
2: slow down mm-hmm. it's a little bit more thoughtful
0: I yeah guess. yeah uh-huh you
2: know what yeah
0: yeah so there you there you have it that's there you go. Definitely, definitely my top. This is the only chiptune on the list, arguably. Um, arguably. And you'll find out what that means. Okay. Um, and uh, also the okay. oldest one that appears on both of our lists, too. Yep.
2: Definitely the oldest one. Okay, so moving on to my number three. Uh, I feel like if there's a controversial pick, this would probably be one of them. <laughs> um, and just because I only have one slop or Nobu Uematsu. And this is what I chose to put in. And Saul was also shocked at my choice. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I really was. I've never really talked about this song that much. But at this point in my life, I would say there are better songs uh, from Nobuo, I would say. Um, Technically better. Certainly songs that are thicker or deeper in orchestration, like the main theme of Final Fantasy VII. Um, Mm. There's lots of songs from Final Fantasy IX that I was sad I had to leave off the list. Yeah, I saw
0: those. Oh,
2: Oh boy, excuse me. Um, But, yeah, um, like Dark City Traino, I love that song. I love that sort of (laughs) slow piano, like fake ragtime. Well, it's not fake. It's slow ragtime, which is just so interesting. Um, and also just the main theme of Final Fantasy IX, like mm. what a great song! There's tons of town themes in both Seven and Nine, heck, Eight, Six, like all of them. Well,
0: don't begrudgingly <laughs> say Eight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, the music in Eight is really great. That's actually probably one of I think that's one of the most complete soundtracks of a Final Fantasy game. Uh, but all that being said, I went with from Final Fantasy Seven Tifa's theme.
0: Final Fantasy 7 songs always have this like twinge of melancholy to it, huh? Yes, they that's, they all do. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's always like, oh, <laughs> oh
2: my dog. Died. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's kind of what the whole game is about. So, playing this this game probably has two of my favorite characters in all of video games. Probably my two favorite characters in all of video games in it that being Cloud and Tifa. Um, And so it would make sense that Tifa's theme would sort of resonate with me because I feel like it really expresses her melancholy. And... You know, Aerith this, Aerith that Everybody <laughs> loves Aerith's theme Aerith's theme is great, it has a great moment attached to it But I might argue that it actually isn't that much technically better than Tiva's theme hmm. uh, You could go back I mean, I think the technically best song in Final Fantasy VII is the Final Fantasy VII main theme
0: I, I couldn't disagree
2: <laughs> But this song just, when I hear it, it is just an immediate sort of like Throwback? piece like you can just like sit there and be like because it's so simple right in the original it's like sort of these two woodwind type sounds with this like sort of vibraphone background to it you know Mm. it's only it's a very small amount of instruments but it just the way that it moves it doesn't have to do a whole lot to get you to feel exactly what it wants you to feel um it just moves at this like right tempo and i feel like it just encapsulates tifa so well as sort of this person who has this twinge of melancholy to her as she's trying to figure out like what happened to her childhood friend cloud like he's acting so differently and she she's sort of in this situation where she's not like fully comfortable where she's at like she's fighting for you know against shinra and for avalanche and whatever but like she really just wants to figure out what's going on with Cloud and it like comes back at these moments like as she's fighting through that and I think Tifa is a fantastic female character and I maybe I don't have the place to say that maybe some female listener is going to get me and be like uh, well she's just like there for Cloud and she's just always doing whatever's good for Cloud and whatever like this but it's like you're missing the point it's The thing about Tifa Is that she's strong enough To go do her own thing And like when she's In Avalanche She's doing what she She's fighting for What she believes in And she's super BA Like she's this crazy Mm -hmm. Monk chick Who just like Kicks Just like beats people up With like her bare hands And legs Like she's Super intense And I love her fight scene in uh, Advent Children by the way but she gets a a lot of bad rap because she's kind of a sex object and her clothes are like kind of skimpy and it's like yeah I won't argue with that but it doesn't affect the character because that has nothing to do with who the character is the character herself is very quiet and very sort of modest in this really interesting way where she's got this strength where she knows what she wants to do but like she cares so much about this person who is just so hard to figure out. Her Her interest in cloud, her care for cloud, is consistent. And it's not like, oh, he's so dark and edgy. It's like, she's like, I used to know this guy, and he wasn't always like, what happened to him? Like, it starts off as sort of this mystery, and like, as she realizes what happens to him, there's a genuine compassion for this person, she shares a connection with mm. that is very real. When she there's a point where she you might not even know this because it's not even talked about that much because everyone just talks about Earth. But there's a point in the game where Cloud is completely incapacitated, like he's basically in a coma, and this is like after he basically betrays the party. Um, and so Tifa gets elected the new leader, and she's like, "No, you know what? I'm gonna stay and take care of Cloud." Like, I, I understand that there's a lot of stuff, but I'm going to stay and take care of Cloud. And a lot of people might say, oh, that's so lame. She could be, like, a strong leader in a shed. That's not what she's about. She's strong enough as a character to know what she cares about and to just say, this person is important to me. I don't know. that. You can say, like, it's all about the man, but you're. I feel like you're really missing the power that a relationship has, mm. that really caring for somebody has, if that's what you're... I don't know if that's what you're focused on. I think she's a fantastic female character. She's consistent. She has great motivation. She's caring, but she's not. I don't know. She. Does, it's not like she's taking his crap. Like he's treating her like garbage. It's just that he's not really sure about himself, and she's like, "That's okay. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm okay to wait for you to figure all this stuff out because I care enough about who you are. And I'm always, always, always going to associate the song with my sister. Mm. Like always, always, always because she this was one of those games that I got to share with her and she also loved, and she also loved this character and she plays piano. And so one of the songs that she's sort of committed to learning is this one, Mm. like the piano version of this one. So when I get to hear her play that, it's just like, I don't know. I just love her very much. And Mm. I see a lot of that person in her, um, even if she doesn't yet, I think she has a lot of that strength and that compassion. So Uh, it's, it's a very – and, you know, I'm a total cloud Tifa sheep or shipper. Aerith <laughs> can just – she can just go. That's fine. She was not that much of a character to me. But I, I felt that the way that they built each other up and played off of each other was very tasteful and very genuine and very meaningful. Um, and the song, again, the game is very melancholy. The characters are very melancholy. And I think this song – really encapsulate that in an v- extremely and elegantly simple way it's very i don't want to say minimalist but it only uses what it needs mm. you know
0: and that's just number three <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> oh man we really love our VGM. i yeah I mean, we really do yeah all righty moving on to mine uh which is gonna be technically the last chill song um, but is also going to be the first one that, like, I think most, if not all, of our audience is going to know. Um, so this is from uh, again the PS2 uh, very, classic. Very, yeah, PS2 classic. Let's say that. Yeah. PS2 classic Kingdom Hearts. This is Traverse Town. One is probably the one that's the most personal to me, um, and it's all it's all gooey, gooey sentiment too. It's nothing like a serious story or anything like that. Um, but I'll go ahead and get get mushy, wooshy because that's that's the way it's gonna be. So uh, I got this game uh, when I was like a sophomore in high school. It had already been out for a really long time, but I like finally was able to get my mitts on it. Um, and i got it for christmas that year when i was a sophomore in high school and um during that time i was dating uh my future wife no yeah we were we uh, we had a we had a 3 month high school relationship emphasis on the high school relationship <laughs> hey. um and uh one of my like favorite memories of like that that brief period of time that we had as high schoolers um was we um as a band, as a marching band, we marched a Disneyland parade uh, in the month of December. And I am a gigantic Disneyland freak as it is, but I really love Disneyland in, in December, in the holiday time. Mm, yeah. Um, The atmosphere and the decorations that they do in that park is just every year. It's just stellar. It's so Christmassy. It's so wintery. You know, you can't. Especially
2: for us suckers in Southern California, who don't actually get a winter, right? That's like right? The best we get
0: man, <laughs> and it's like you know, that's that's where I actually get to see snow. Yeah, gosh. soap snow.
1: <laughs> oh, um,
0: so, anyways, uh, one of my like favorite memories of us was just like when we got to spend time with each other at Disneyland, and she had a she was she had already had a Disneyland pass and she had gone like multiple times before me, uh, before I like, before we started dating. And so she knew everything about Disneyland. She knew all the best spots and whatnot. She taught me everything that I know about Disneyland, essentially. Um, and we spent a lot of time together, like in the evening too, just like hanging out, watching the, the fireworks show, whatever. Like it was, it was beautiful. Um, and then for that, for that Christmas, I got, uh, Kingdom Hearts and in Traverse Town, which is the first town you get into uh, when the game, like, fully starts in a way, um, that whole town is all in darkness, like, as in it's, it's the nighttime, yeah. and everything is lit up. Like, everything is lit up with, like, gas lamps or, like, you know, other, like, sort of what looks like neon ne- lighting yeah, and yeah. other places. The atmosphere, basically, of Traverse Town reminded me exactly of Disneyland at Christmas, especially in the evening. Uh-huh. Um Man, I loved it. Um and um uh and so when I played that game, I was I was I stayed in that that town for so long um <laughs> because of the atmosphere and because of the music. This music loop is probably also the shortest music loop on any of our lists. And yeah, yet, even like, shorter
2: than Grape Gardens probably. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I can't get enough of it. I really can't. Like um There's something about the orchestration. This is by Yoko Shimamura, who is one of our favorites, who has composed an awful lot of uh, our favorite video game songs, Mm -hmm. Um, and she did the Holy Kingdom Hearts as well. There's just something about this one. This one, to me, doesn't right away sound like a Yoko Shimamura. Um, It's it's uh, it's you know the orchestration is mostly like a is it a soprano sax? Yeah, it's a soprano sax. Yeah, um, with just like piano in the background. And that's like essentially it. It's so, it's so, you know, it's it's minimal. You know, there's not a whole lot going on there. The sax solo is like super catchy and just like really warm. You know, the timbre of the soprano sax is is the perfect choice. It couldn't have been any other instrument, um, and I'm fairly certain it's a real one as well um, because I have the GBA version. Uh, I'm sorry, the <laughs> DS version of Kingdom Hearts recoded. And Traverse Town is in there, and I'm like, oh, well, the DS can handle PS2, <laughs> DS like, can handle stuff, <laughs> right? No, they had to redo it, and they had they did it, like, all electronic, and good good gracious. Like, as far as technology has come, we still don't have a good electronic saxophone sound.
2: Yeah. And
0: back then, we sure yeah. as all Get Out did not. Yeah. So uh, that was a little soured there, but um, the HD remaster for PS4, which I have that as well, Um I think it redid it again, um, but it's still, like, true to, like, the actual orchestration. Yeah. Um, I, I was telling Dave this before we recorded. I can't escape this song. This song usually ends up on my favorite, like, songs of all time lists. Just, like... And and sure, a lot of it has to do with my personal sentiment, but hey, it's, it's our favorite songs, you know? It's your song, yeah. Um, because this isn't even Yoko's best song, straight that up. It
2: might be the best song on this soundtrack.
0: <laughs> I, arguably. I, arguably, yeah. Um, I mean, I bet
2: a lot of people are like, you didn't pick Dearly Beloved? Mm. Oh, dear.
0: I like that, but... I like it a lot, too. But it's not Traverse Town. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't um, know. I love it. I, There's an
2: additional atmosphere to Traverse Town that...
0: Yeah, because yeah. like you're actually in in a town for it to be able to experience it, and like yeah. even just like the Logo Traverse Town has like those chasing lights on it. Mm. Um, I just the whole the whole package is is beautiful. It's wonderful. It brings me back to that puppy love time, um, and you know brings me back to the warm feelings of Disneyland, of course. But like you know what, it's it makes me a sentimental mush, you know, and that's that's why I, I just can't escape this song. Oh lie. <laughs> Just right.
2: Okay. So my turn, right? We're at number two.
0: We are on number two.
2: Alright, cool. So uh, my number two is one that is probably the most successful video game song outside of the video game circle. Oh yeah. Uh and it is from, from PC from Civilization 4, uh Baba Yetu.
1: mm
2: So for those of you who aren't familiar with this song, uh, Bobby Yeti was a song composed by Christopher Tin. Um, and basically the story goes, it was in 2005 when Civilization IV was released. Um, and so the story goes that Christopher Tin happened to be buddies with one of the guys who was working on uh, Civilization IV, like one of the higher-ups. And he went to Christopher Tin and he's like, hey, you want to like, I'd love for you to like compose the main theme song for this game. And he was like, all right, sure, like why not get some money? And so he did. And so what he came up with was Baba Yetu, which is a fantastic, basically it's a, it's a Swahili hymn. Uh, the hymn itself is not Swahili. What it actually is is the Lord's Prayer. In Swahili, oh, which, yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, that which was fantastic when I actually learned that. But of course, for the longest time, I didn't know that. Um, but it has this very fantastic, just African feel with all the unique sort of percussion instruments they use, and it's it's. Like record in such a way where like there's some sounds that feel like they're off in the distance It's the perfect song for a game like Civilization which is just so grand And it's like there's this whole world at your fingertips And it's encompassing so many different cultures from Africa to Europe to Asia to Native America Just like everything you can possibly think of um, And so when I Stumbling upon Civilization is one of just the strangest parts of my childhood I don't remember I am shocked that we had a computer that was capable of playing this in my house because we were not PC gamers. My brother randomly stumbled across the Civilization 3 Complete Edition at a GameStop at some point and decided he wanted it for no reason that I could ever tell. He just wanted it. And so my mom got it for him and he came home and we were both like this game is incredible. Like we were both just absolutely suckered in by this game. So when Civilization 4 came out we were both like yeah let's do it. And again I, I guess we had a laptop that belonged to my parents or something. I don't even know why we had it, but we had it. They could play this game. And my I specifically remember most on vacation. I don't know if that was the first time we played it, but I just remember we were on vacation, like, just in a hotel, like, on the way to or from wherever we had gone. Probably Mammoth, because we went to Mammoth a lot. Um, and we just we just booted it up. And this song came on, and we were both just like, oh... Oh, like let's just sit here on this <laughs> screen for a while because this is just like wow mm. like it was mind-blowing like the full orchestration and the vocal work is just fantastic this soloist is like absolutely incredible um the way that he just like expresses through this music and the way is written is fantastic so it, it definitely has a sort of international feel to it so I don't know what exactly the story behind this is um I think this was the first song written for what wound up being Christopher Tin's debut album, which I believe was called "Calling All Dons." Um, and in any case, I don't even know if he was planning on making an album before writing this song. But in any case, he did what sort of wound up being sort of a world music style thing, where all the songs are sort of sung in different languages and had sort of feels from all these different cultures. And Baba Yetu was on there, uh, re-recorded for the album. And so the album didn't release until 2010, five years after this song had been out there. And I already loved this song. <laughs> like, when, when you got the, like... Uh, the expansion packs for Civilization 4, it would actually change the title screen and it had like a different song playing. And I was like, No, 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 no. But <laughs> I went into the options, like, You play that original song. <laughs> I, I don't care what expansion I'm, you play that one. And to this day, anytime I turn on Civilization 4, like, that better be what it's playing, even if I'm <laughs> playing on the newest expansion. Um, so it turned out. The, the, the like general public liked this song too And it actually wound up being the first video game song Both nominated for and to win a Grammy mm. It won a Grammy for uh, I think it was Best Instrumental Arrangement Accompanying Vocalists mm. Which is a little bit like That's a lot of qualifiers But like it deserves it Because the orchestration of this is amazing yeah like the use of the percussion is great uh the, he really likes french horn which is you know sort of a composer trope who but doesn't? who doesn't like when it's done well when you can just get like four professional french horns like i just want you to rip this thing right here and it's like yeah <laughs> it's it's awesome so it does such a good job of sort of starting out very slow then building then sort of declining again then just getting even bigger and then like sort of going back into sort of a smaller instrumental feel before building up in that instrumentation back up to the finale which is just like all the voices singing and then just one final sort of decrescendo to the end focusing on just like just a couple vocal soloists and again just sort of the quieter african sort of percussion sound it's it's it is deserving of every bit of praise it gets. Mm. It's one of those dream songs where when we were in uh choir, I always sort of dreamed of somehow getting one of the choirs to do it and be like, it's a Christian song. It's the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. You like Swahili songs. Cause they actually did they a couple <laughs> yeah, of those that's that. That's true, yeah. That they really liked, but uh never happened. Say vie, but it yeah. I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, man. It
2: is me, it is probably the most technically well I don't know, you think it's the most technically
0: proficient song on our lists i mean you can't ask me that <laughs>
2: I'm <laughs> Why bi- not? i'm
0: biased
2: yeah yours is pretty good too you're yeah. you're your number one that one's pretty good but this is yeah uh, who knows i mean it was just one of those things when it happened i was very in tune because it when it got when it won its grammy so it They released in 2010, so it won the Grammy, I guess, in early 2011, basically. So at that time, I was in the midst of writing my video game paper and being very Mm -hmm. in tune with what was going on with video games in the secular. I keep saying secular as if it's religious or something. (laughs) It's sort of the general public, right, in the non-nerdo world. (laughs) Um, And so that was one of those things where it's like, who knows what other songs are out there just, like, in video games that people would love if they were ever out there, if they took the time to listen to them, or, like, they, they gave them decent respect, you know? Like, this game came out in 2005, and probably no one even knew it was existed until 2010 mm. because it got released on a, on a non-video game album, and then suddenly everyone's like, oh, Grammy, best song of the year. Like, <sighs> it really encapsulates the sort of injustice if you'll allow me to get on my (laughs) soapbox a little bit of how ignored a lot of the pieces of this medium are outside of the specific video game nerdo culture it hasn't really risen to the place where it gets the same respect as like a movie soundtrack would like everybody knows john williams everybody knows star wars music everybody knows all this stuff and at one point in time it wasn't like that but movies have come into this and video games sort of haven't yet so Mm mm-hmm yep I'm, I'm getting off my soapbox now righty
0: <laughs> okay uh, on to my number two we're getting we're getting close here mm-hmm. On to my number two this is the um, the most recent one out of any of our lists mm-hmm. um, I was actually surprised that none of this ended up on Dave's lists um, list uh, any of these songs I mean um, but here it is for me uh, from Undertale. The computer game, PC, Mac game, uh, Death by Glamour. Oh man, this song. Oh man, this soundtrack, man. So, Undertale...
2: um, I didn't feel like I needed to defend myself for not putting it on there. I love the songs of the soundtrack, okay? (laughs) I really do. But they haven't aged enough in my mind yet, you know? It's not that fine wine that a lot of these songs on my list are for me, you know? They, like, bring me right back. These girls are great. They could easily, (laughs) like, top ten easy. Not to mention, you probably picked the song that I would have picked anyway. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I think some of the stuff, like, hopes and dreams at the ending would have made a a pretty, it would have been close in my mind, but this song is probably my favorite. It was down to this
0: and Spear of Justice. uh, I like this a lot better than Spear of
2: Justice. I I feel like this song definitely ages a bit better than Spear of Justice, like, on its own. I think it is very proficient technically. We've said that a lot, but the way that it uses its sound effects and the way that it builds on the multiple themes that you've gotten for this character leading into this boss fight.
0: So um, uh we had a whole podcast on Undertale so I won't go too much into detail but just you need to know that Undertale was largely, not not solely, but largely a solo effort in production. Yeah. Um by Toby Fox. Um, he had some help here and there, and it was also a Kickstarter campaign as well. But um, this was the the most, if not all, of the programming was Toby Fox, as was the music. Yeah, this is insane to me. Toby <laughs> Fox is genuinely a genius. Like, I you could you can throw that word around everywhere. Like, you know, oh McDonald's two cheeseburger meals—that's a genius. <laughs> <Really> a genius. <laughs> but I genuinely think Toby Fox has like a a, a, a giant IQ. Like he. He's a self-taught musician, okay? And me, as a not-self-taught musician, uh, I'm listening to the soundtrack, identifying all these really advanced techniques that he's using that he probably doesn't know that he's doing. He doesn't even he's know just like, like oh. yeah, I did that because it sounds awesome. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you're totally right, but you you, uh, you know that some people, like, get Fs on this? And he's just like, why? I mean, just be awesome instead. I'm just, just be awesome, <laughs> just get an A for awesome. Like oh, man. every every song on the soundtrack was not necessarily made for Undertale. Um it was uh, some of them were made for some of his other projects, but it was all made by solo the man Toby Fox. Um Undertale the whole of that soundtrack one of the biggest points for me is his use of leitmotif. Uh this is a fancy pants music term which just means that he writes themes for characters or settings or whatnot, and of course that's everywhere in in movies, uh, movies. Uh, you know John Williams is the master of that. Anytime you hear ba 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 da da, oh, you know exactly oh. what that is. Yeah. Um, video games like like Nobuo does that as well. Like he does have recurring themes happening all throughout his his games. Yeah. Um, Toby Fox, though, the way that he does it makes it seem like. Anytime you hear it come up again, it's new. Mm-hmm. You know that it's a callback to a previous theme, well, sometimes but sometimes you, just you sort of, don't even. Well, which yeah, is yeah, too. A, yeah, it took me a bit for some <laughs> of them, but like you're just all like, this is new, this is fresh, this is a good treatment of this. Mm-hmm. This song is the boss fight uh, for the um, for the robot Metaton. Um, this is the second fight that you have with him. Uh, the first fight is a song called Metal Crusher, and it's um it has in there, two no one theme that we hear uh calling back into death by glamour and his sort of like main theme as like his game show host you have yeah. to play the game and understand um also appears in this boss fight song as well and i not only that not only just the way that he was able to masterfully put in these two previous themes in here make it sound new and fresh just toby is just a master at layering um it starts yeah. out with just one single piano track then comes in with a, a counterpointed piano track. Then like uh, background strings come in. Then like the drums come in, and there's all these new ideas are just layering in together to have this extremely high energy track. Yeah. Um. And it has like different, uh, different, um, uh, different sections as well, where they start introducing some of those previous themes in there. Um. The whole piece evokes of like you know electronic dance music and disco which is the greatest thing i think because disco sucks <laughs> but the way that he was able to call back a lot of these like disco flavors in here um even like 90s like you know like the Mortal Kombat theme with the orchestra hits mm-hmm. in there yeah. man it, it is it is an achievement beyond so much that is out there right now undertale soundtrack almost won a steam award for best soundtrack and this game came out in 2015 Two why is it <laughs>
2: Why was it still eligible? I assumed the rule was it had to be for this year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that seems weird, right?
2: Maybe it was probably just the fans maybe. The good old Undertale fans.
0: Oh, jeez.
2: I mean, did it win in 2015? Did they even have Steam Awards back then? You know, I didn't check All the way back
0: then. I didn't check back then, but I know that, like, yeah, it was up for it. It didn't win it, but it was definitely a runner-up. Yeah. Um... Yeah, those fans, Doki Doki Literature Club fans, you guys are crazy.
2: suck <laughs> it into that.
0: Anyways, uh, Death by Glamour, I think is is the top out of a whole heap of winners. Yeah. Um, we could do a whole podcast episode on just Undertale soundtrack. We'd I could need, at least. We'd
2: need more than one podcast, in probably, because we are love it that me? much. But yeah.
0: uh, but it's it, there was in my opinion. And of course, this is like my tops list, not what I think is the best, although it could be mm, on the yeah. best. This is just a crowning achievement in video game composition, not just because it was made by one person. Although, let's be honest, that gives it a lot of extra points.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Just the way that all the music is all connected. When you're playing the game for the first time, you might think that the themes are really awesome and they are. And then you hear them back again in different settings and you're just sort of like, I remember that. And like... Uh, and it's all related to because the music follows the characters as well. Ah, Yeah. Film composers, the best film composers follow Toby's methods. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I bet you, again, he doesn't even like <laughs> – he's not intentionally – he's just all like this is this is what I want to do because I think it's the best choice for the character. Well, you're right about that. <laughs> it. Oh, man. Yeah, I could go on and on. And this is also the first like – energetic piece uh, on my list as well. turns out I'm really into chill songs. I chill back Yeah, and I'm songs. finding
2: that as I get. I feel like that's, I don't know if it's because I'm getting Is old. Is that my age? I don't know. Thing? I'm wondering that too. <laughs> Man, I just but like I... to sit back and listen to
0: some <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy. That one's not really chill. No, but I mean, you know, it's like listening to KUSC (laughs) classical (laughs) music. I
2: yeah, it is a higher energy classical piece, but it's nothing like this one, for sure.
0: Yeah. So undoubtedly my number two pick. So now, well, we move on to uh, before we hit our each our number ones. Let's talk about our honorable miscellaneous. Look at that
2: cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Uh, So I guess I still have to go first, even though I really want you to talk about your.
0: Oh, I will. I'll have my time. Don't you worry.
2: <laughs> but uh, I, you could probably argue whether or not this is that obscure. I sort of only did this because, first of all, I, I want this game to come back, and second of all, because Saul really had an obscure one that he wanted to talk about. So I was like, all right, I'll pick something <laughs> too, I guess. But it's the—I uh, think it's called like the prologue—is the technical name of the song. But I know it more as the ending credits theme for the Game Boy Advance game Golden Sun. <laughs>
0: It, it's not
2: Mitsuda, I know that. I, it's another one of those sort of RPG lifers, I'm pretty sure. Like <laughs> a guy who's sort of done all these other RPGs that, like, people haven't necessarily heard of. But So Golden Sun was, uh, it was technically, I guess, second party, but basically like a first-party Nintendo RPG for the Game Boy Advance. Very traditional, very turn-based. Um, it had some really neat mechanics in how you interacted with the world and how your characters could change classes. But I won't get too much into it. Suffice it to say, it is widely regarded as one of the best uh, RPGs on the Game Boy Advance, which is saying something, because that game had some killer RPGs. That system was actually kind of insane for that, and insane in general. But I love this series, and I'm really sad that it went away sort of after the Game Boy Advance. And there were a lot of reasons behind that. Um, It took them so... The developers for this game were Camelot, who are best known for classics, you know, classic games that really built up to the RPG, you know, like a Mario Golf, Mario Tennis, uh, you know, <laughs> those type games. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what made this so crazy is that they, then they just come out of nowhere and they're like, "We're just gonna make this awesome RPG." And you're like, "Oh, all right." And it's actually funny if you listen to. Mario Golf for the Game Boy Advance. You hear a lot of these same instruments mm. and a lot of these same sound effects, which is really kind of cool. But the way that the Game Boy Advance's sound is, uh, it's not bad, certainly within the system itself. But it was very limited, right? Yeah. And so the the sort of sounds that they used were really interesting. They had he had this way uh, where, especially anytime it was like a flute sound effect or like a like a penny whistle or something like that. It had this really interesting echo to it. Everything had this sort of echo that made you feel like you were, I don't know, like in the midst of something big. I guess that's the only way. It was it was a stylistic idea that sounds terrible when you just say, "Yeah, let's just add an echo to everything." But it's not quite as simple as just adding an echo to everything. Uh, it used some really interesting uh, sound effects that I you don't hear on very many other Game Boy Advance games. Uh, really just used again just used what was at their disposal really well um and the game had a lot of really cool soundtracks in it um like that i would love to give a shout out to but i'm a, again i'm a sucker for the ending theme uh of a game and this one especially again does a really good job of calling back the the main theme sort of appears on the like the main screen when you open the game but it, it cuts off after a while like it just starts repeating that very triumphant opener which is awesome by the way for like starting an rpg They just start with this big like triumphant sort of march like yeah let's go let's go on this adventure and that's cool but like when you hear it in the credits it expands on some of this stuff like some sort of the darker sounding things or more i don't want to say melancholy because it's not that melancholy but some of just the other sort of things you hear in the game so it's really good it's a great game. It's on the Wii U virtual console. Go play it and it's sequel because they're both equally good and tie into each other. And it's fantastic. So. <sighs> All right.
0: So. <laughs> I, there's no, not so. really, there's not really much I'm going to be able to say about my miscellaneous pig. No. Why is that so? <laughs> well. <laughs> so. um, You know what? Let me just play it first. Well, I'll tell you what it is. This is the title screen from the PS1 classic,
1: classic.
0: <laughs> Muppet Monster Adventure. <laughs> feel embarrassed. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't gonna say anything, so
2: uh, when
0: I was a when I was a young Warthog I uh I and I've said this several times before on the show, um, but I used to play a ton of demo discs from official PlayStation magazine. They used to come out with a demo disc uh with every issue that they released. Um and the first one I ever got was in October 2000, because uh, I got the PS1 rather like relatively late. Um, and uh, on that demo disc, it was full of stuff. Classics, absolutely not, but they were full of demos. <laughs> full of stuff. Um, there was a I, there was a, a snowmobile racing game. There was uh, RC Pro Am two. No, it wasn't RC Pro Am two. It was like a knockoff of like RC Pro Am. Um, Sounds like a real winner. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and also what was on there was Muppet Monster Adventure, a demo of Muppet Monster Adventures. Of course I'm gonna gravitate to that. Um And when you play it, which I don't know if you ever will. <laughs> no, we won't. I'm sorry. Um it is it is like any other PlayStation 3D platformer that you have. The the, the premise of it is like
2: <sighs> the Muppets are monsters. Basically the
0: Muppets are turned into monsters, like classic horror movie monsters, and you are Robin, uh, um uh, uh Kermit's nephew, and uh you have to save them. I mean, oh. and that's and that's bare bones, like what it is. Okay. Um Pepe is also there um and right. like gives you tips everywhere. So he's always like, okay. It's promised. Right, Pepe. And you know, and stuff like that. Um I played that demo upwards of 1000 times possibly more um and this and this song the title song was the one song they chose to use for that loop um and um uh, sure is the muppet song in a minor key man but i love it this is a, this is one that nice little thing it instantly instantly turns me back into a nine-year-old or however old i was and and bringing me back to the the joy of playing a PlayStation that was my own um, and playing a game that like, you know, it was the excitement because it wasn't mine necessarily. It was just a taste, um, but it still was sort of like having a, a new game, you know, and, and it was the Muppets. I love the Muppets. The game itself controls like a brick, but like it was it was still fun to me. Oh, man. Oh, oh and, uh, and uh, the composer of this song. The composer of Do this of, the, of the whole game. Do you actually know? Yeah, I told you this. Did you? Yeah. Tell me again. The composer of this is none other than Michael Giacchino. Oh yeah, <laughs> whom you might know from Pixar and other high-profile movies like Star Trek and The, the Incredibles Nooch and Jurassic World. Yeah. And, um, yeah. When I learned that, I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair. <laughs> Um, is Michael Giacchino, like, early on in his gig as a as a music composer. And now look where he is. I'd like to think that, you know, Muppet Monster <laughs> Adventure was really... Really you know, a springboard re- it for it his It really what made him who he is, you know? Yeah, Pixar like, heard that and like, wow. We I mean, get because if it wasn't for Muppet Monster Adventure, we would have never had Incredibles. Oh, man, We would have <laughs> Up. <laughs>
2: I mean, it was Disney. he was working wow. with, technically, so maybe. Oh,
0: man. So, might be true. So... There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I am not ashamed that it is on my honorable mentions list, but I do feel a little, oh boy, (laughs) talking about it in public. Well,
2: yeah, beyond public. (laughs) This is the internet.
0: Yeah, well, there you go, Jeremy, since I'm sure you're the only one listening to
2: this. Jeremy will appreciate it. I'm sure sure. he will. All righty, here we go. Okay, number one. I'm a little... Embarrassed to put this out in the world too But you know what? Screw it This game is fantastic (laughs) And this music is fantastic And it's written by one of the greatest composers In video games of all time And it's Happy Parade from Super Mario RPG I don't care what anybody says. This is a great. So look, you know what's funny? Part of the reason I love this song so much is also part of the reason you love "Dearly Beloved" or not "Dearly Beloved," uh, "Traverse Town" so much. Oh, okay. Because of Disneyland.
0: Oh, re- oh yeah. Clear, well, okay. Be- yeah. yeah. clear. So right? when
2: I was a kid, my favorite thing at Disneyland was the gosh darn electrical light parade. And so help me if this song doesn't steal straight from that, which is fantastic. I, to me, I'm like. It was a little bit mind-blowing that, like, at the time, was as a kid, like, wow, why would, like, Japanese composers know about the Electrical Light Parade in, like, California Disneyland? But, of course, it's Disney, so I'm sure it was out there. If this wasn't an intentional callback, then, like, I don't know, Yoko's just a genius because she got this idea. the It feels exactly, all these sound effects are so Electrical Light Parade, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, there's so, whatever that song's called, Baroque Hoedown, right? We should remember that. That is the name of the song to the Electrical Light Parade, for those of you who weren't initiated. Uh, But it sounds very Baroque Hoedown, which was already, like, preying on my nostalgia. But the way that it uses... The, again, very unique sound effects for the Super Nintendo and that she used in this game is great. And the way that it calls back to these other themes, specifically a lot of the Mushroom Kingdom theme, uh, from Super Mario RPG, way well, that it calls back to all those and, like, layers it perfectly, like, with the chord progressions and just everything with how this new theme for the parade goes, and she just is great. It adds so much depth, and there's so much, like, of a high voice with a low voice going on in there, you know? Yeah. So it adds this really, like, sort of breadth, and sounds like there's always something different for you to listen to. Like, every time you could focus on maybe the high voice doing the thing for the parade, or maybe the low voice doing the callback, or maybe it switches up every once in a while, and just... Man, it just makes me happy. Like I, the name, it's just Happy Parade. But <laughs> darn it, if that isn't exactly what you feel when you <laughs> listen to this song. And it is for a parade, which I think was super cool. Like, that idea of, like, oh, let's call back to the electrical light parade. Because the parade itself starts off in the daytime, like, as you're watching the credits beneath it. And then, like, by the end, it's nighttime. You can actually, like, sort of hear that transition in the song. Like, you get a little bit of, like, the sort of goodbye Gino theme. As Gino sort of flies by and you, like, get to see, like, oh, Gino, come <laughs> back. And then the whole thing just lights up. And it's like a light parade now, like, as it ends. And, oh, man this game
0: you and ending themes man
2: it's just so satisfying it's just that feel you get when you did it like you beat the game and you're you're simultaneously reveling and like yes and you're saying goodbye it's that perfect mesh of melancholy of just like the happiness you had while you're playing the whole thing and just the like you've got to say goodbye now like that it's over and like you you did it but like Maybe there's not that much more for you here anymore. And you're saying goodbye to Gino turns out forever. <laughs> Rest in peace, Gino. <laughs> turns but, out forever. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but man, man, it's just such a great ending. Such a fun ending. Such an like an uplifting ending. Just such like a a feel-good game. Like that game just makes you feel good. And darn it, the ending theme does, too. The
0: game really does do a good job of that. Yeah. And we are going to be doing a podcast of this in the future. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm there with Dave. Like, listening to this again, I immediately am drawn back to the, the like, the beautiful primary color palette that this game has. Yeah, all true. the greens of the hills, all the blues.
2: Like, the red of Mario. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they really, like, contrast the world that they built around him really well when you're talking about color palettes, too. The
0: isometric uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. perspective, you know? Like, I immediately am seeing somebody looking at me at a diagonal <laughs> when I hear this, you know? Like, yeah. it's... It does its job super well, mm-hmm. you know, of just calling me back to it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's great. It's really good. I don't, I don't know. It's a little hokey. My wife knows how much I love this song. She's put up with listening to it on car rides before,
1: and <laughs> so you know what?
2: She she's grown to at least appreciate it. I think she enjoys it legitimately. But yeah, it.
0: It's it's not for the faint of heart. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like, you you have to have played the game to like really f- get the feels on it.
2: Kind of. I mean, I think that it is composed well again, but it's it's very baroque. Like, I don't know how much I would listen to Baroque Hoedown on its own without that sort of attachment to it. You know, mm, but I yeah. think it's still. It is even on its own. It's still just a fun feel good song. Like, and I think it does have a lot of depth. Where every time you listen to it, there's. There's more stuff in it. Like the way she uses the different voices and sort of, I don't know. I always, every time I hear the song, there's so much going on. I'm just, just think like, how would you orchestrate this? Like, how could you orchestrate it? It's one of those challenges that like, if I was into music, I would really want to figure out, you know, if I was into music, if I was like, what has this whole
0: podcast been about Dave?
2: No, I mean like if I was like into like composition of music and like, was Part of, like, I don't know, composing was part of my education or my career or something, you know. If it wasn't just like a like, I i love listening to music, but like, I don't know, if I, if I was a better musician, maybe
0: it's not too late, it's too late, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's too late, it is definitely not.
2: You can do it for me, I can live vicariously through you. That can be your senior project, orchestrating not. this. You what are, you
0: are joining me if that ever happens, <laughs> come you on, you're gonna man. be on it, Dang and you are gonna do 85% of the work. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, on that same note. Hey, an ending theme. My number one also happens to be an ending theme. At least you didn't have
2: what? Four in the six that you talked about? That's true. <laughs> I had. Oh, I ain't, I ain't ashamed. Uh, no, you should Darn it. Be. Mario Odyssey should have given me a better. Now you understand why I railed on that <laughs> in that episode because the ending theme is so freaking satisfying and important. Okay. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> take, a, take a breath. No, I'm okay. Take a breath. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now now for mine, my ending theme. Yet another PS2. I have three PS2s out of the five that I have. That, yeah. that, is, that was unexpected for me. Um, but here we go. The ending theme from Final Fantasy X. So when um, when we had decided or agreed upon uh, making an ordered list, like of like you know actual topped tiers and whatnot, mm-hmm. I knew off the bat that Uomatsu was going to be the number one slot. It was just a matter of which one, and that's hard enough as it is. Um, my first full experience with the Final Fantasy game is Final Fantasy VIII, um, and that you know I mean not talking about the game itself. Um, the soundtrack is honestly one of the best. Yeah. I really, truly think that number eight is honestly one of the best. I guess you could never take my word seriously on that because I'm so biased. No,
2: I agree. I don't like eight as a game, but I think that, again, it might have... It is certainly up there as some of the most complete soundtracks. Yeah. He's written.
0: See, Final Fantasy VII was, like, is is a triumph all on its own as far as the soundtrack goes as well. Like, not taking anything away from it. It's kind of (laughs) hard...
2: Like all the way between four and ten. I'm like, which one wasn't a triumph? Like maybe five. Yeah.
0: Like maybe, but probably not.
2: That's probably just because I'm not as familiar with it.
0: But but basically, like seven. Seven sort of like was one of the first ones. You know, with you know Tifa's theme, Aerith's theme, the main the main overworld theme, like Sephiroth, one angel. Yeah, there you Gosh. go. Is that sort of like showed how cinematic and how heavy. And important, the the music can be because it got closer and closer to actual like cinematic instruments, you know. Mm -hmm. So, Final Fantasy VIII got more advanced technology, more time, more money behind it too. So it just it is technically better it, it boils down to to taste yeah. whether or not you prefer seven or eight and and that i understand either one i mean the,
2: the instrumentation and the sounds are almost certainly better in eight like i don't think you can really that's what that. i mean it's like you yeah. know they
0: got better right yeah um and eight has certainly has a ton of like one of my favorite themes of all time blue fields <laughs> why do you always do this why do you always just sort of like, hey, so, do, you, do you like that song? And it's like, no, Dave, clearly I don't. Because <laughs> I kind of like it and I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, um, 8 has a ton of these just like wonderful, wonderful pieces. And um, everything sort of boils down to 10 and versus 8 or vice versa. Now, here's the thing. As a whole soundtrack, I prefer 8. Yeah. 8, I think, has the best all-around soundtrack. Probably true. <sighs> But the deciding factor in my mind is context. Context is important. Um, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't this, this song, it would have been a song from 8, and it would have been, a, a, like, a city song. Like, it would have been a loop, you know? Yeah. This one is a complete song. Um, much like a lot of the ones that Dave has on his list, since he has a lot of ending themes, those, like, are actual full, like, songs. so not just loops. Um, The context of this one, and we talked about this in our Final Fantasy X cast, is super sad. It's super sad. It's super impactful. Um, Final Fantasy X
2: does a good job making you feel really sad. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um... It, and even, like, after, like, the heavy part, when it, it's, um, when, um, you know, it's a little bit happier, it's in major key and whatnot, it's still sad. Like, yeah. you still, you're, like... You still feel it. Because like, yeah, they spent man. so much
2: more time, like, making you remember it. And then it's like, oh, we did save the world, but... This <laughs> sucks.
0: <laughs> and, like... And I, I think I said this in the in the in the in the lo, in the own cast on Final Fantasy X that that ending the first time I saw it just messed me up, man. For the rest of the day that was like it just messed me up, and the music certainly had a big part in that. Um, I was listening to this just the other day, just because I already chosen this as my top, but I was like re-listening to it again, and it's like I can almost still shed a tear on this one. It's just that yeah. impactful. Um, it's it's an ending theme, but it's a Final Fantasy one, so it's not like credits are happening on here. This is just the end cutscene, and I just I remember everything. Like I remember everything when it happens, how it happens, how it looked, um, the way that the music progresses. Even that ending thing brings back a couple of old themes from the game yeah. that you're so used to. The hum of the faith is in there. Um, The whole thing is based off of Zanarkin, yeah. Yeah. Um, And just other things. And, like, man, like I said, context is important when it comes to these ones. This is just uematsu on a completely different level um well the first time i heard this ending theme i did sort of notice the similarities between this one and final fantasy 8's ending theme actually there's some similar orchestration and also
2: 9 9 is actually very similar to 8 in it's orchestration too he mm. definitely has his orchestration style
0: oh absolutely and it's great yeah um and so that drew me to it more but number but tens was a lot more melancholy and a lot more like you know, I, just impactful, I think. Mm-hmm. The music was also a little bit more dramatic, um, and just beautiful. You know, it's sad and beautiful at the same time. I it's one of those. It's one of those where whenever this pops up, like on my iPod or whatever, like that, I cannot skip it. I just can't. That's saying something because it's like
2: an eight minute song or something. Yeah, <laughs> but I <laughs> just a commitment. can't,
0: man. It's one of those where like, I listen to it and I have to be silent. Like whatever I'm doing can wait until this is done, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh man, it's the the more I think about it more it is it is no question that this one tops my list. Um again, maybe not um in total Final Fantasy X is the best Uematsu soundtrack. Yeah. It's certainly good and it's certainly up there, but maybe not the best, but this particular song is just like a step above the rest in my opinion. Yeah. Man.
2: That's why we wanted to end with Saul, cause his is a lot better than mine.
0: Oh <laughs> don't say that.
2: No, you're right. I love my soul. And I yeah. I could listen to it like all the time too. It's I've been listening to it for years and I still like when I listen to it on the way up, it still makes me feel exactly what it has always made me feel. Mm-hmm.
0: So Oh man. Well I just love video game music. I do too. With- it's been a mess.
2: That's like almost all of the music I have on my iPod. I'm that guy, all right? I am that guy. Like all the music on my iTunes and iPod is probably from a video game in some form or another, whether it's a remix or the original.
0: Uh, there's a know. lot of there's a lot of people in my grad program right now that are composition majors because of video games, really yes. um uh, one one person in particular, his name is Steven. he's uh. he's become a good friend. He um he is directly influenced by video games and wants to be that. Like he wants to get his degree so he can get into that field. That's pretty And awesome. I've also met a couple of other people who are composition majors as graduates there who um want the same thing. You know, they heard a video game song that just impacted them. They like to the game and they just want to be a part of that community because they think that they can offer something just as good as them, you know? Yeah. And hats off to them. I am not a comp I'm not a composer. I don't think I ever will be. Um as certainly not for for a video game uh, as like you know impactful as this, but you know when I hear these songs, you know it just shows that like if you if you don't if you haven't heard any of these these songs that we just played for you that are just like on our favorites, first of all we encourage you to try to play it if you can. Yeah, some of these are a little bit harder to obtain, but you know if it is easily available to you please do it and then every once in a while just try to think about how is the music influencing how I feel here you know that's especially more apparent in RPGs than it is in you know like you know say Kirby's Adventure and whatnot. Yeah, but like just stop and think, like, you know, am I feeling a certain way and is the music being a facilitator to that? And chances are, if it's good, it's going to be an absolute facilitator to that. So much to the point that you're going to want to listen to this outside of your playing experience, you know?
2: Yeah, for me, Saul is a really big proponent of pl- of, like, experiencing it in the game. And if you listen to it outside the game, it's not going to mean anything. Or at least it's not as much. But I've had the opposite experience a lot. I listened to the soundtrack for Earthbound long before I ever played that game, mm. and it didn't. I loved that soundtrack, and I loved it when it was in the game too. Uh, same for Final Fantasy VII, actually. So I think that there's probably just some music out there that you would enjoy if you like these suggestions. Listen to them. Maybe listen to. I. I don't think. <clears throat> There's a single game in this list where, we're like, eh, you could probably skip the rest of the soundtrack except for <laughs> Muppet Monster Madness. Hey, or whatever. hey,
0: hey, <laughs> hey, calm <laughs> yourself. Let's be real, calm yourself.
2: I, I mean, I guess Old it's Giacchino, so it's Giacchino,
0: maybe. Best game, best maybe. game, best soundtrack, number one.
2: <laughs> but check it out, you might find
0: something you like, and please let us know, like, what yeah. you think your top favorites. Video yeah, game best. song is I mean not, it can be the, the best. It can be if you want, but saying it's your top favorite means it's completely your opinion, and that's what makes it so personal. You yeah. Know? And that's that's what's beautiful about it. So yeah. please share with us uh, your ideas on that. Please share with us your your songs, and please let us know if you found our picks like particularly meaningful, or maybe they happen to be yours as well. Yeah, that'd be um, cool. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yep. Uh-huh. So this episode has been months in the making. I think we did it as good as justice as, as amateur podcasters can. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. It's nice to be happy again. <laughs> so with that, let's go ahead and sign out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So thank you again for joining us on the, why do I talk to you podcast? Special thanks goes out to uh, Danny Barrett Huvert for the artwork and, uh, to the combined efforts of, uh, Rob KTA expert novice and OC remix for the intro and outro music. You know, we should mention that uh, the intro and outro music is a remix of, of of a new Super should Mario we? Bros. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which um, is not exactly a favorite game of ours. It's-
2: this isn't even a song that's very prevalent in the game, which is, it always impresses me most when I listen to remixes where you hear it in the game and you're like, that's not really anything worth anybody's time. And then somebody does a remix of it and you're like, Wow. That's, <laughs> like, they heard something that, like, nobody else heard and made... A full thing out of it So That is definitely The case with this one So good job to them It's awesome I never would have Noticed the song In New Super Mario Bros Otherwise really
0: Dave and I went through A lot of different ideas For (laughs) what should be What should our song be And somehow We just gravitated To this one I I, I mean
2: I stumbled on this one Yeah you did Very
0: sort of accidentally And I think it's a great one You know I've Yeah But anyways Since we're talking about VGM We may as well talk about
2: (laughs) I guess so Now you can listen to it As we go out There you go
0: And uh Yeah We'll see you guys on the next one. Take care.